Postcards from a Dying World, the podcast. For more than a decade, I've reviewed over 1,000 books that are mostly science fiction, horror, and bizarro. This feed will feature bonus audio I have produced over the years, as well as a monthly digest of reviews based on what I've read each month, plus the occasional bonus material about my own fiction. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to Postcards from a Dying World. We're back with a very special guest, someone that uh, I love talking to, and I really think you're going to enjoy this. Christoph Paul is a author, a publisher, he's a musician, and he's a songwriter, a poet, like all kinds of, man, you do everything, right, Christoph? But we're going to talk about your story and how you got into things. Uh, he's most probably well known as one of the two editors and chief for Clash Books, which some of you might recognize was my publisher with Goddamn Killing Machines. So that's kind of uh, where Christoph and I uh, learned to work with each other. <laughs> but uh, he and his wife, Lisa, run Clash Books. and But we're also going to talk about his music and his writing and... but. As always, we're going to start off with Christoph's origin story. So, welcome to the podcast, Christoph. Hey, man. Thanks for, thanks for having me on. I'm looking forward to doing this. And it's nice to talk about myself because I'm like, uh, as a publisher, you're always like, I got to pimp everybody else, you know? And I'm like, oh, shit, I got to talk about myself. So, it's, it's going to be a little weird, but I'm, I'm ready. Well, that's the thing is you're going to get to do a little bit of both because, yeah. um, and one of the fun things of your mission as a publisher is that you get to work with all kinds of different people and promote their work. And that, that's, that's a fun part of it. But at the beginning, let's, let's start with your origin story. And you and I like have a lot of common things we're into. I mean, you and I could talk about basketball for, for a whole yeah. time. And next time I do uh, another basketball episode, yeah. You're already in my mind for it, so. Um, but uh, we're going to talk about the stuff that <laughs> I think my listeners are more into. But um, so so, let's start off with uh, where you grew up and how you got into. We'll come back to music, but how you got into writing and that part of you know because yeah. I think everybody kind of always has like that breakthrough book or those couple books that really like created the lifelong love of, of fiction. I grew up in a uh, Palm beach County. I'm a, an Italian Jew, which is uh, always a fun mix. A lot of, uh, felt a lot of guilt <laughs> and, and neuroticism already as a, as a young kid. Um, I gravitated toward, which it's interesting. Cause like, you know, South Florida is just such a pretty setting and you know it's it's very fake but pretty it's like this weird combination of like beautiful nature but kind of the worst of gentrification suburbs and all that like it's just it's it's a lame place you know it's a lame place with <laughs> right it's this there's always these like juxtapositions with south florida and i think that really influenced me and i don't know for whatever reason i don't know if that really plays a part but i got attracted to horror Horror was like the first thing that really spoke to me. You know, I read these like detective books, like about this like girl with a photographic memory. And those were cool. That got me like excited. So it was definitely genre fiction. And then I started, I found, um, you know, Goosebumps and Fear Street and, you know, R.L. Stein. I was like, whoa, this is cool. So then, you know, I'm reading this and then I'm sneaking, you know, 
watching Tales from the Crypt, the HBO show. And I'm like super young. I'm like too young to be watching that shit. Like I, you know, but I was, I just, I was, it just pulled me in like a magnet, you know, to it. And I remember the creep show, you know, the, the one where the, uh, it was a creep show too. And the, the, the goo in the raft, you know, the raft, do you remember the raft episode? Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because, uh, I've talked about the raft a bazillion times on this podcast because that is the light bulb story for me, not the movie version. I, I was actually not a fan sure, of, yeah. of the adaptation, but the Stephen King story, The Raft, was was my. That's the story where I was like, "Oh, I see what he's doing. I can tell yeah. how he's doing this." So I've talked about The Raft with Keen and and Stephen nice. Jones. So yeah. it's hilarious that you bring it up. But so the movie version, though, that the Creep Show uh, did hit you, though, right? Oh yeah, no, it was that. So it was a combination of the page and the screen, and I tried to write my first uh, Tales from the Crypts like. I didn't try to write it as a TV show, just as a story. And it was like a pool monster. And if you like did a belly flip, this monster would appear and, and you know, punch through your stomach. And it was just like, you know, it was like A to B to C. It was, you know, three act structure, <laughs> you know, the payoff of somebody getting punched, you know, a fist going through their stomach. And that it was, was your like, first story. It was important. Yeah. You know, and it was, it was fun, you know, and I, I found, you know, that and, um, I got away from writing and I think that's when like all this bad shit happened. You know, I actually like, you know, was just kind of discouraged from it. And, and then I started like getting, you know, doing, you know, doing drugs and shit, like at a really young age. And I ended up in like rehab when I was like a teen, I was huffing. And um, when I got back out of like rehab, I started writing again in my teens and that kind of put me on a pretty much better path i think it took a long time but i guess that would be my origin story so like i think like when i'm focused on creating things my life's going a lot better when i'm not that's that's kind of like my big lesson in life i guess right and so but at that young age i i had the same thing where i quit i wrote when i was very young but for me it was like fear of my dyslexia and like mm -hmm. fear to fail yeah. Um, and like, uh, but you know, when I got older, I obviously got back into it. But so in the, when that second phase came, when, when you got back out of rehab and all that, and, and you were yeah. trying again, like, was it genre fiction? Was it, you know, what were, what were you writing in those days? You know, I feel like uh, an orphan when it comes to writing, cause like I'm all over the place and you, you know that I, I'll yeah. jump. You know, and I like the term actually mentioning Brian Keene, which even though I don't really consider myself that part of that scene anymore, like bizarro fiction, he said, you're, you're the, the genre fuckers. And that that kind of resonated with me because I, I just like to use genre to use it. Um, but I like, you know, I mean, honestly, when I, I probably started writing kind of auto fiction YA, you know, that was like the first thing I really worked on. And then I was like, you know, I started reading more and then I, I, I went into genre. It wasn't until later, though, that I uh, started, you know, I, I jumped around a lot. It's weird. Like my 20s, like I'm in my 30s now, but my 20s were just kind of trying shit out. Um, and um, so I don't know. I mean, like right now, I'm just like the thing I finished that I want to like try to query an agent for is a YA novel. But I've also written like crazy, bizarro horror stuff. So I just kind of go with where uh, 
that that thing i don't know what you want to call it that drive to just tell a story wherever it takes me i think being a publisher um in the current day like it's definitely like you know i see how the meat is made so it makes me think now more about the market and I think that's definitely affected me more. I'm like, okay, I could write this, but I know that this would probably actually sell to a bigger press. So I'm, I'm kind of going through that weird transitional phase where, okay, like I know how the meat's made. I've been disenchanted. I'm over that. Now I, I love writing again. I don't have time to write, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, right. it's a lot going on. Well, and it's funny too, because I, for example, you know, I've definitely... I definitely have a novel or two that I've written one that I just finished because I felt like I had to, even though I had no intention of trying to publish it. Yeah. But I just like, I wanted to finish it. And then yeah. I have, I, I have at least one that I thought I have no idea who would publish this. I'm not even sure I care, but I wanted to tell that story and yeah. maybe someday if it happens, great, you know, but, and I think that compulsion to tell a story, you know, and, and that's something I, that anybody who follows you online knows that a lot of times like you know you make hilarious commentary a lot of times just about like that that initial burst of idea but i also think that that's your strength as a publisher is that you um uh you have a really great sense for for that spark like when you see a project that has that spark you know what i'm saying because yeah, it's all about that i mean it for me i think the biggest thing i've learned is excitement and it goes both ways as a publisher i need it because it's like it's kind of drudgery at times you know you, you know the yeah. publishing process it's like you're you're gonna edit a book at least three times you're gonna go back and forth you know that you know you know the deal yeah. and you know you you gotta have that excitement and enthusiasm for it or it's just not going to get you there and you need to feel that readers are going to feel that too you know and, and that's Absolutely. the really yeah and um yeah but know, so so this early phase though for your figuring shit out and writing weird stuff you did some pretty hilarious things along the way and things that i appreciate not necessarily like wasn't my type of fiction however um you know, speaking as the guy who did Punk Rock Ghost Story and made up a fake band and, and did all that thing, um, the Mandy DeSandra thing, like, where did that come from? And was that was that the first stuff you published or did you publish under your own name? No, I've, I've published before. Like, it's funny. Like, my first book was, like, humor. It was just a humor collection. It was, like, co-published with Swift Inc. books, Jessica Swift. And I was, you know... I went from working on a literary, I actually have an, not many people know this, I do have an MFA. So I'm like, so I'm all over the place with writing. It's it's never been a straight path. And I tried to write a literary fiction novel. I'm glad it didn't work out. It was, it, it, I needed to write that book for like therapeutic reasons, but it was, you know, yeah, it just wasn't meant to be. And that was tough, but you know, it was good. And so I think what happened was, I went from like doing that to like, I just need to have fun writing again. Like when I first started writing Tales from the Crypt and I just started writing humor pieces and I wrote like nonfiction. I, and even like the first piece that like was well-received was um, a, uh, an essay piece about Tim Tebow. Now how many, yeah, I don't even know about it, but I wrote this piece about Tim Tebow, the football player, for those who don't know, he's this 
evangelical, very mediocre quarterback. He shouldn't, he, he couldn't really throw the ball that well. But I wrote this piece defending him that he was like, you know, I'm an, I'm an, not a believer in God and all that. I'm not into Jesus, you know, but I love Tim Tebow. And I wrote a piece, why? And I'm like, he represents romanticism. And I just, all that, all those influences, the MFA, the, the jock, the football, I just wrote this crazy piece. And it was like pretty good, you know? I, and I was like, okay, I got something here. I'm gonna like, just kind of follow my muse. I'm gonna write indulgent shit and I'll see where it takes me. Cause like nobody, I would never thought anybody would want to read about Tebow, but people like this piece, you know? So I just started writing humor pieces, um, going with that. And, you know, that became my first book, The Passion of Kristoff. And that, and that actually won a humor award. Um, you know, I was like 2013. Then I kind of jumped into genre fiction. I did the Great White House books. I'm gonna be honest. I don't think those books are good, but they were funny. You know, right? right. You know, yeah, they no, were they, like, yeah, they were political satire. There, you know, they they were what they were. So I got was very into like satire at the time, and you know, I hit I hit a wall, and I was just like, oh man, you know, I'm I, it, it's just not happening for me. Like music stuff was not happening. I kind of kept writing the same song my stories were where were you living at this point that was that was in new york city at this time so okay. i was in new york city I, I you know i also like the job that kept me in new york city that ended like i was working with the department of labor i was like I'm, I'm hitting a bad wall here like nothing's happening you know the ya novel that i gave up on wasn't working out and like you know i, I was kind of messing around with bizarro and i'm like i you know i just things were not clicking and um you know i stopped and i kind of thought all right i, mean, I went to like study psychology i was like okay this i guess this is what i'll do and um you know that was good in a weird way because it got my brain going again because um, i feel like writers you, you you will you'll hit this wall you'll have these things you're naturally good at and eventually that will take you to a certain place and then you're gonna have to get better at your craft whether it be music or writing. And that might just be writing through it, you know? And I, I should have just been writing through it, but I did not know that. You don't know these things. You just think, oh shit, I'm, I'm, this is my limit. You know, this is as good as I can get. And it's not good enough, like for where I wanted to go. And I just, you know, went through that. And then, I don't know, I just kind of, you know, took like, it was like a four month break or five months. And then just this stupid idea uh, to write a goofy, you know, satire book about Kirk Cameron hooking up with a crocodile came to me. And I was like, I saw this, you know, I saw the Chuck Tingle doing this stuff. And I'm like, huh. It's funny because he's so doing that now. But I was like, oh man, this, this, you know, bizarro erotica would be great as political satire. And right. I, you know, and I just that clicked and then I ran with that and that was like still the most successful thing I've ever done and I self-published it so I kept all the money um it was a weird time my mom passed away right around that same time too so I so like this like went from like broke to like oh wow I have money now <laughs> right so, right you know, like I have these two income streams happening and I just kept writing the Mandy stuff and you know that kind of like that didn't happen. I don't know. You know, I don't know if we'd be talking here. I, I mean, maybe I'd be a shrink or, you know, uh, I don't know. Um, but it was like a mom <laughs> moment where I was like, okay, I'm gonna, you know, 
do this and well it taught you about publishing as well right because yeah you, no you and I, I mean there was a magic to that i was like whoa you know like we didn't we didn't i didn't even edit this book you know what i mean and people still liked it i didn't copy edit or anything it was just it connected with people it was the right book at the right time you know, kind of puts Chuck Tingle to, to get more political, which is great. Like, I'm, you know, I think that's awesome. Like, I, he, he's like, corner, like, I don't want to be Mandy DeSandra anymore. I'm, I'm, I had my fun with her. I'm good with Chuck Tingle carrying that flag of political, yeah. you know, bizarre erotica. I, I mean, and, but it got me and it pushed me into like publishing. I was like, okay, there's some, you know, like, cause I was a good editor. Like, that was the thing. I was a freelance editor before that too. And I was like, you know, may, I, I kind of know what I'm doing a little more now. Just things clicked, you know, it just took an extra year, you know. How many Mandy books did you end up writing? I think I, I wrote like 17. <laughs> wow. like, I didn't realize it was that many. Wow, yeah. that's a lot. I mean, there were, there were novelettes for the most part, but there were a few no novellas, you know, there were a few collections. I still wanted to like do, I did some, like, I liked her horror ones, you know, but I was like, I just, I don't know, like I did the, um, <laughs> see, she got like more into political horror and I, I actually liked those, um, but I was like nervous cause like just the crazy right-wing people, I was like, you know, I don't want to fuck with these people anymore cause they, they'll mess with your shit. So I, I did Social Justice Warrior snuff film, which was like basically about Jordan Peters. It was basically like Saw with all the right-wing grifters and, right. you know, it was a funny book, but I was like, you know, I, I just, I don't want to kick just something in me was like, I don't want to kick the hornet's net anymore. I'm kind of like done with that. Now and I noticed that you said she got into, um, how much, uh, do you feel like the Mandy stuff kind of like happened in a weird, like out of your, out of your control way? Like it, how it, did Mandy oh yeah, no, it take like, it? It was like being possessed. I mean, it really was. And Lisa hated it. My wife hated it. Cause I would just like, obsessively write this nonsense you know and it was just like i i was like being possessed by like a gnostic spirit or some shit you know and and you know there there was just an i kind of went from one extreme to the other you know i went from like you know oh i can't write i don't i just can't do this till like i'm gonna write all the fucking time and i feel like i'm really happy to feel leveled out it's kind of because that's that's just for the long haul, that's a better way to be than to like one extreme or the other. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, it was kind of like, you know, she's, she's a she to me. I mean, it, it's just weird, you know? Yeah. Um, I would like to finish her book Chumming, which is, <laughs> it's basically Crash with Sharks. It's about people with a shark attack fetish. And <laughs> that sounds amazing. Yeah. It's good. Like, and I, and I wrote, I was actually inspired by uh, my friend Devora. She uh, she actually was part of Bizarro scene. She was published by John Skip. She's very into like fetishes and stuff. So she, I kind of like used her as an inspiration to um, as the protagonist, as this girl who's just like obsessed with shark attack and her dream is to like hook up while having a shark attack. But I got to like, I finished act one and I'm just like, I've not been able to just get back on that headspace to do act. It's just hard. It's hard to be a publisher <laughs> and and do that. And then like, you know, music came back to me like with a vengeance. And like, I would feel like out of all the hats I'm wearing, music's probably the one I feel most attached to right now. And that kind of happened too, um, where I went, I just switched instruments. I went from being a shitty rhythm guitar player to like switching to bass 
and mm -hmm. that opened a lot of things up so sometimes it's just cool. switching gears yeah we'll come back to the music i i do i do really want to get there um but i'm still curious on, on some of the mandy stuff like yeah because i'm curious with the idea of like so i'm picturing you and lisa like hanging out maybe shopping something and then all of a sudden like mandy strikes you like lightning like oh, yeah, kind of idea happens and that how when you said it was so annoying for her no i like what you're saying mandy worked really online it was like stuff i'd see online is where i'd get the mandy ideas you know it, yeah. it's weird it was like it was almost me kind of dealing with like my love-hate relationship with social media internet and it would really be like people's posts i mean the crocoduck thing it was my friend Ray Rouse, I'm saying her last name wrong, Ray Rowski, um, where she just had this picture of Kirk Cameron with a crocoduck. And I was like, holy shit, Kirk Cameron has to hook up with a crocoduck. How has this been done yet? This has to be done. And it would kind of be like that. Um, I saw like a Reagan, I saw a Reagan looking dinosaur once and I'm like, holy shit. What if Sarah Palin hooked up with a Ronald Reagan dinosaur and like, and then it just like would, that's kind of where it would come from. It wouldn't be like, I wouldn't, it would very rare I'd be out, you know, and then it kind of, it became like South Park, honestly. It was just very like, okay, here's what's in the news. I want to like write something funny about it. I did like the, the, the guy, the, the, the prime minister who fucked the pig. And I mean, honestly, this was the most indulgent fun shit ever to write. I, I liked getting, like, I, I liked commentarying on publishing. I remember there was this book called City on Fire, and this guy got paid, like, $2 million to write this ridiculous, like, novel. And I was just, I just ran with that. And I did a fake cover of the same book. And I got, actually, a lot of sales by doing that because people would buy it as a joke, you know? So it was, it was yeah. just this weird, like, inside joke stuff with Mandy. And it was... It was fun. I mean, it was really fun, indulgent shit to write. And I was getting paid. It was just, it was kind of a dream come true. Like, right, was right. Paid. Absolutely. Well, and, and so what was some of the funniest reactions you got to it? Cause that had to be funny too. Like, um, I mean, people probably, there's probably a lot of people who think Mandy was a real person. Oh yeah. No, I remember there's this, this podcast that loved her and I, I love, they're like, oh, I know Mandy's a woman. Cause they wrote this and I was like, hell yeah. You know that made me feel good when they said that, but um, <laughs> I don't. It's been a while. I'd have to like Jane, it. It's like the James Tiptree thing, where like for forever, yeah. everyone was like, "It has to be a man." Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of that was because of her spy background and having like that people yeah. thought, you know, they just they just were wrong. I mean, Mandy yeah. was great. I mean, Mandy kind of saved me. You know, I mean this this kind of made up thing, Gnostic, whatever the hell she is. It kind of like. You know, maybe writers do need a persona. You know, I think like, yeah. you know, I've as I've gotten older, I kind of like did some more meditating about this kind of stuff. I've I read a lot of uh oh god, what's his name? He wrote these books like The Ego is the Enemy and um his name's escaping me, The Obstacles Away. It's kind of stoic stuff. And you know, sometimes like your ego, I think young writers, our egos are so fragile, we either have to like pump it up or like protected in some way and i think that's kind of what i was doing where i don't need to do that now you know i'm comfortable being christoph fall but i think at the time after kind of hitting this really shitty wall it was good to be mandy and it gave me a place to just not worry 
not care, you know, and just be yeah. like, okay, I'm just gonna fucking write like the same way that little kid who wanted to write about, you know, a guy getting punched through his stomach. Like I found that energy again. And it was kind of like training wheels while I was reading a shitload of craft books and, you know, studying why writing is good. So it was like, you know, it was kind of this really productive thing and I was getting paid. Last Mandy question, and then we'll move on to Clash. Which of, now you wrote 17 Mandy books. Is there one that you think kind of rises above the rest that you're like, when you look back at it, you're, you think, wow, that's, that's actually, that's really good. You know, <laughs> or like. You know, I would say, even though it's topical and it, it probably doesn't hold up because like who gives a shit about neocons. I really loved Ravished by Regansaurus. I think that was a super fun book. It was really fucking punk. Like, like it was, it, I mean, it was like, that was a fucking cool book. Like, that was a really fun, really great Bizarro novella. And it was a novella. And I think that was like a really awesome Bizarro novella. I would say that and City on Fire was just like super fun. Like, that was just like such a fuck you to the publishing industry which we'll be talking about it was just i would say like her mandy would at her best was when she was super punk and reagan Soros, that was a punk as fuck book i mean like i can't even i don't even feel comfortable saying <laughs> the scenes how reagan would eat how he would only eat like immigrant i mean it's just it was fucking fucked up but it was it was punk you know yeah it's punk as fuck all right now uh how did clash books happen um initially because you know like i remember uh you know here and there seeing things that you guys were doing and i was always impressed with what you were doing and then um you know it was when i heard that you wanted to do science fiction you know is when when i contacted you uh initially about killing machines so but but where did it where did clash books start from and what's what's your philosophy in three different ways you know i feel like you know that i left something out as my writer self that would probably really be what class is about and i i feel like class was like proto stages like it was a website you know we had like political arguments and then that, that got tiring and then it was like culture in this and then like it was just kind of a thing that evolved but I feel like the hook of Clash Books was like my own experience working with an agent who was great. Like I, have n- I don't want to like, you know, say anything bad about the agent, but it was like, it was also an experience though, where it was like, I just saw you had to kind of conform a little bit if you want to get your stuff to the bigger presses. And it was frustrating for me. Some of that was on me and, and just not being able to do certain things, but some of it was also just seeing how risk adverse and very by the numbers the big publishing was and i'm like you know there's got to be a press i'd like to see if there's got to be a press to like do risky books that are like big four quality and that was kind of the the that was the long-term goal of clash books and i feel like we're kind of hitting that now but that was really the engine the the long term and to be like have distribution you know to be able to get into bookstores but, you know, we couldn't do that right away. And, you know, you were one of our, our first writers, too. It was just like we, we were very punk, but we were also like there was like a more ambitious, ambitious goal, you know, to. Um, yeah. And, and we can't talk about the next thing yet because we're, no. we're quiet on it. But uh, 
But yeah. the idea of the risk-averse thing is like understanding, you know, this project and the last one that we did, Killing Machines, it's the idea of, of I understood that you get doing something that has kind of a rough edge or a razor wire, like, and I'm seeing that now too with just, um, you know, a couple months ago I was out, you know, buying some advertising for Killing Machines yeah. and some of the more like, uh, you know, I had one website for for a major uh, sci-fi publisher who like didn't like the title "Goddamn Killing Machines." Yeah, and and turned down money, turned yeah, down no. money. It's and 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 yeah. what's funny to me is like what you said about ha- taking the risk but having the big four quality, like that vision. I can see how you've totally made that happen. With books that even where I were like, you know, a little taken aback by like Pussy Detective, for example, where I was like, whoa, okay, here we go. You know, Pussy Detective, that would never in a million years be published by the big four. That is is more of a small press book. But we also want books that like are special. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, but I feel like, you know, books like Daryl, which is... It's like that should that should have been published by a big four, in my opinion, or even the ska book. You know, those were those should have been big. But they're like, well, it's about a cuckold. And he's talking about how he wants LeBron James to have sex with his wife on the first page. Like, I know agents and I know editors are going to be like, oh, I don't know if I don't know if we can sell 20,000 copies of this. And I'm, you know, that's the thing. Like, I saw how a lot of this shit works. And I'm like, (laughs) right. Daryl that shit blew up, you know? And it's like, you know, it's uh, Tia's book. Like, so it, it is looking for, for like, you know, art. And it might be like working with like a, a newer writer, like Tia Hashik, you know? And I was like, she was so fun to work with. And her book's like, gonna be a TV show now. Like it's, you know what I mean? It's like these writers that agents were just for whatever reason, whether they didn't want to help them develop their manuscript, that would be not that hard to develop or, we're scared off by it. Like those are the books that I want. Those are the books that like you're just a little too scared to try out. I want those books, and it's taken like about five years, but we we finally you know were able to join consortium. That was like the long term goal. I'm very uh, inspired by Akashic books. They I would say they were a great kind of role model model to to go with you know they they're very punk you know i met johnny as a writer i actually submitted my my uh literary novel to him like a million years ago but i was like these guys are cool you know kaylee jones you know um it's kind of mixing that with kind of like a racer head and some of the more you know transgressive presses i feel Mm -hmm. like that kind of was like the influence of class well right and and you know um you know, like a Razorhead, for example, you know, I've worked with them too. They, they do great stuff. But at the same time that, you know, Rose's position is, you know, she has to stay in, in the cult status. That's, like, that's yeah. like a part of their thing, you know. And I think, like, writing that line is very important part of, of what Clash does and why you guys are special. No, I... And I think just you, the eye that you and Lisa bring to it it's very very important i mean i I, like that's the thing we i i like mainstream shit like that's the other thing too it's like like we're gonna 
I, I can announce it. We're going to publish our first cookbook. And it's like, it's a just really nice gift book. And I'm like, why not? Like, this is yeah. cool. It's a cool, you know, gift book. Like, why not? But it's like, it's so I like variety where I, I think that was the thing where like other publishers, like I'm going to specialize in this. Like I read all over the place and I write all over the place. So I guess that kind of just came out naturally. I never was like, okay, we're just going to like, like, cool. Like we'll publish a sci-fi book. We'll publish, you know, if it speaks to me, we'll publish, you know, I'll, I think I would love to publish a romance book. Honestly, I would be more than happy. I like that shit. Like I like rom-coms. I think like the only thing I will not feel good about publishing and this is more business is just YA because there's no way I can compete with yeah. the before when it comes to YA. We did a, a, a beautiful, beautiful YA novella and it, it, I just, there's no way there, it was just like, it was a bummer. I was like, fuck, you know, we just cannot get this into stores, you know, unless like a writer is huge. So it's like, there's certain things you have to be strategic in certain areas. But if, if I fell in love with a YA book and for whatever reason, well, with up, the consortium thing coming now, it might help. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I want to say there, there's something you said on Twitter a couple weeks ago and it, it's really stuck with me. And it's something that I've really kind of taken to heart with, especially with the book that Anthony and I have coming out later this year. Um, it really made me feel more comfortable about it because it was one that we tried uh, submitting around to agents and publishers or, or bigger publishers. And and it was a book that we had one agent that was very interested in the last minute, he like got terrified and said um, they couldn't live in the book because it was too depressing. Um, <laughs> And it, but you said something on Twitter. You said that um, we need to allow books to be messy. Yeah. It, and um, because one of the things that, you know, I read, you know, I, my reading is like half retro sci-fi and half modern. And I've really noticed lately that the big, when I read from the big publishers, like the sci-fi stuff is very sanitized. Yeah. In a way that I'm fine with, in a sense, because I like that they're politically inclusive and all those things. But I recently read uh, Tarantino's novel version of uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, yeah. How was that? Um, it was good. Um, it starts off a little rough, like he doesn't know what he's doing writing. And you can tell he gets stronger as he, you know, with prose as it goes on, right? But the fact that Cliff Booth was so unlikable in the novel like Brad Pitt's character and he says awful things in his interior monologue just awful things yeah and i actually found that comforting <laughs> in a weird way yeah. because i feel like a lot of the big publishers are terrified to have their characters have nasty thoughts in their interior monologue they are. They absolutely are. I mean, I saw a thing recently. There was a story, and I like all these uh, these magazines. I won't say the names, but like they they made the person uh, take the story down because it it used a racial slur. And you know, I get that. I get that. And it's like, for me though, I I just does this serve the story? Does it serve the character? Does it serve the vibe? And if it does, and it doesn't feel like you're being just shitty to be shitty. I'm being a shitty editor if I take that out, you know, because there are bad people and and you, you you can't 
that's where I fall in it. Like now if you're like, you just, you know, it's common sense. Like if I just see a guy dropping the N word, just for an example, to drop it, I'm going to be like, this is bullshit. Get this. I don't want to, yeah, this is right. not, but if yeah, you're having a character who that is part of who they are and you're exploring it in an artful way, you know, yes, exactly. Why am I going like, that's the, that's the difference. It's just a mindset, you know? Um, well, and that's what I took by you saying, let books be messy. Yeah. It, it, and, and I, I really like, it was reading that Quentin Tarantino one that where I was just like, I, I, I was like, you know, he got a, and Noah Hawley, I'm reading the new Noah Hawley novel, right? I like Noah Hawley a lot. Yeah. And there's some messy stuff in there. And then there's some stuff where he really plays with like avoiding the, um, like instead of saying Republicans and Democrats, he says like, uh, swimmers and runners or something like that. And he, and it's very clear what he's saying anyways, yeah. right? But he's kind of sort of poking fun at the people who are afraid to talk about it. Yeah. And I thought that was kind of neat. And um, But I really appreciated what you said about... Um, yeah, yeah, that, that resonated with people. And I'll just kind of... When I tweet, I just... Like, a thought pops in my head. And if I think it's semi-interesting, I'll share it. This is why I have a lot of typos, because I just like, fuck it, I'll just let it out there. And I'm going back to doing what I have to be doing. That's my ADD. Uh, yeah. But I always, yeah. my dyslexia, I skip words, especially when I'm typing on the phone. Yeah. I'm I, just like, like, yeah, I have I, to, yeah, I have to kind of let that go. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, no, that resonated with people. And I think, that, yeah, you know, it's just, it's different philosophies, though. I'm, I'm very like, uh, do what's good for you and I'll do what's good for me. And not, I, I'm not into like, oh, you know, an editor should, I mean, the big four is doing what they think is right for them. Like, I'm not, like I'm gonna submit this book to an agent, and it's interesting. We're talking about this just to bring my writer self back. Like this YA book I did. I mean, yeah, I reined myself the fuck in. Like I mean, I really had to because I know there's like real rules. But I was like, it's this weird combination where I'm like, I really love this story and character. I really love it. Like this is one of the most personal things I've ever written. But I'm also writing in one of the toughest genres. And I was able to actually walk that. It took about six drafts, but I was able to walk that line. But, you know, I threw stuff in there. Like, you know, I have a scene where <laughs> at IHOP, my character's friends throw pancakes at turfs. Are they yeah. going to if are they going to keep that scene in? I don't know. You know, and, and if, you know, that's a thing. Like, if are, is that going to scare an agent away? Maybe, you know, but it, yeah. I, I like that was a good scene and you know we'll see i mean i get the game you know and you know i'm pragmatic but you know i picked my fights like i'm like okay this is gonna be but i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna let myself go a little crazy here like i had it where my character does ecstasy and when he's working at kmart and i let him go crazy there so i picked my spots with with the ya where i'm like all right i'm gonna do some risks here very calculated risks where other you know mandy i just the whole fucking book was one big <laughs> risk you know well what's funny is you know what, what anthony and i went through was that that we knew we had a book that was written with really high quality but i had a feeling that agents would be terrified of it and we yeah. would and and so you know what we basically decided was we had a horror publisher that was interested in it and then we just said asked them like hey can we spend some time you know shopping it and see what people say and I, knowing that we were probably going to have to come back yeah. and we came close with one agent 
And then honestly, like the when the George Floyd thing happened, it terrified him because you know we were writing a book about systematic racism and classism, yeah. and you know 2020 just freaked him out. And then you know we were like, well, you know that's that's what the book is, so we're just gonna live with it. Now, as far as Clash goes and what you're doing, like um, I really feel like you fulfilled the vision, like but. I'm sure you feel like you're just getting started, right, with Clash? Combination of both, honestly. Yeah. I feel like this is the first year I was like, okay, we, we, we're on the right track. I, last year. Last year, I felt like, okay, we, we, we did what we were supposed to do. Let's Now it's like, okay, let's see where this takes us. Like, I mean, you know, we just we announced that we're going to do the Eve 6 memoir. Like, I never thought in a million years we'd be publishing, you know, somebody who I listened to you know in middle school and high school like it, it's just kind of nuts so so you know, and, we, and now i saw like was it the ska book or what where do you think because it wasn't didn't didn't they didn't he say something about how like there were a yeah, couple he books loved, um daryl daryl oh, okay was a, a blessing of a book for us honestly and it was cool because yeah. we met a lot of like you know a lot of the trans community really appreciated it and that was great you know and i'm a i'm definitely a big supporter of that i mean i fucking have I have, I have turfs being thrown pancakes at and so i'm obviously i'm a, I'm a you know i, I, yeah. I got I, much love to the trans community but yeah no it was it was a cool book and then he read the ska book and you know he he reached out to me and you know it, it was an interesting process to find to get that book i i'm i don't want to get too into the i thought it was not going to happen but it happened and i'm relieved like i really wanted i wanted that book you know it was yeah. a subject that was like I love, I mean, obviously being a musician too, is something I definitely wanted was to work with writer musicians. I, I do feel a weird kinship with them. And I would say like, there's no, like that's, you're going to, there's no favorites or specials, but I'm, I'm going to feel a little bit more, you know, inclined yeah. to help a writer musician. I, I can't, I'm human, you know, you, everyone should be treated equal, but I'm always going to have a little soft spot for writer musicians, you know? Yeah. We're crazy. Well, yeah, you, well, you and you and I too have talked about how more books should have songs, yes, like exclusive material that they've written for it. Um, which I've only done twice, but yes. I have done twice. Oh, that's and, cool! I love it. Yeah, yeah, for Boot Boys of the Wolf Rank and Book yeah. Ghost Story, I did that. But now, so here's the funny thing though: you put out a ska book, which is hilarious for me. Because yes. a lot of my friends gave me shit because they, I'm universally known as only liking two ska bands, um, and like pretty much, uh, I had ska ruined for me when when a when a friend of mine said that he always thinks it sounds like someone playing Pac-Man. Yeah. Um, and and I can't get that out of my head, so now I always see Pac-Man when I hear ska, and I know that's not fair, and I shouldn't hate on a whole style of music and. I I'd rather listen to Scott than country music, but I thought it was awesome. Even though I'm not a Scott guy, the whole in defense of Scott thing was, was, well, you know, here's the thing. Now that I published Scott and I've recorded a Scott song, I like Scott. Like I, I genuinely like it, but I actually hated Scott. Like, I, I don't know if you knew that. I did not know that. Oh, so I assumed you were a fan. No, no. See, this is the thing. A lot of people don't know this. This is good. This is good information. So, <laughs> Brett, not Brett. Um, Jeff Burke, uh, your 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 publisher and editor, Jeff yeah. Burke, 
we'd have this we have this long feud a fun feud you know not like you know so i i have a lot like a, a soft spot for like alternative rock and grunge and jeff burke hates it and i fucking hated sky just like i can't stand this music it's too happy it's too this it's too that and you know we had this thing where i'd always sad react any post jeff did about ska because i was like oh it's so sad just like ska you know so but in a weird way i feel like if i have one strength it's not talent it's not this it's not that it's i'm curious i'm just a naturally curious person so when this guy reached out to me Aaron, he, you know and this this should have been published by the big four they totally screwed up and he had a slum publicist class but he reached out he's like hey you know you know i know jeff burke he's published by you he thought you know i don't I'm thinking maybe jeff did this as a joke because he knew i hated scott but i was like oh i'm I, sure he did I, I looked at this and i was like you know I'm actually really curious why this music is good to people. So I was like, you know, and I'm like, I know this has an audience. So I'm like, you know, I, I do have to think about the financial side of publishing to some degree. So I'm like, all right, this book will sell. But I like, if this guy can make it that I feel like convinced that Ska is a decent music, we got something special here. And it did, it, it worked. And I ended up even recording a song for my, my own band for the of the of the of the thing you know of the song of the book so well that's um, hilarious and and because uh, you know people who know how much i can't stand Scott a lot some of a couple of my friends laughed when they noticed that you know the same publisher that put out my sci-fi book yeah had put out an in defense of Scott. i had more than one person like kind of send me the link and be like you know, are you going to read it? And I was like, ah, because like I, I felt the same way about Scott. Now, that being said, I have never said I would not not read it. Um, because the thing is, I did have a Scott phase in high school yeah, where I did like Scott. It's just the only bands that I can still listen to are the the, the specials and badness. Like, I mean, I, I like I like the specials. I mean, I think everybody likes specials, but I think specials, I think just like transcend. Now that being said, now so that is it's really cool, and I do think that that being curious and being open minded, you kind of have to be a lot of times because you know that's the mistake that you know when you hear that you know certain uh, you know very famous books like Dune, for example, mm -hmm. got rejected by everybody, and then got published by an autom an automotive parts catalog publisher yeah you know no or, yeah I know that story yeah i mean it's just that's yeah. the thing i mean i uh, you know we had a, a recently i had a, a conversation with a guy and on like it was this weekend and i'm just like this 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 is another one this should be published by the big four you know but it, i bet i guess like classes success <laughs> big four's failures basically you know like the books yeah. they just don't and their book these books would sell a lot more if they were published by the big four but you know it, uh, you play the game, you know what I mean? Like Yeah, but they wouldn't have you and Lisa like and your eye on it. And and that means, you know That helps to some degree. They'd have a yeah. lot of more money behind them, but you know, now that with consortium it, it does level level the playing field to some degree. Um, you know, I feel like, you know, we're 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 around now. You know what I mean? Like we're 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 you know for yeah. better or worse, 
we're, we're, we're not going anywhere. Like we're, we're, we're definitely feel solidified. And that is a, that is a good feeling as a press when you're like, okay, economically and where we're going, the next, we're, we're going to be okay. And that's a good feeling for a publisher. You know, when you have a few hits, it, you need that. I mean, that's the thing with music or writing. You need, you know, you, you, you know, that you, you had a zombie hit, you know, that, that yeah. book was like a fucking hit. You know, it helps to have a hit. Cause then you can try different things. It's a lot harder. Like, I definitely think, okay, I, I know, I know some books. I'm like, okay, this isn't going to be a hit, but this is a great book. Fuck it. You know, but I, I got to find like two or three that I'm like, this is going to like sell some books so I can keep taking chances on the other books. And that's kind of, well, and if you can trust that the author is going to eventually have a breakthrough book, it can, in hindsight. Yes. That helps. Too. That helps yeah. too. And, and I mean, you... I definitely, you know, we are in that process now where a lot of our writers are getting agents, not a ton, but like, I think it's been about five you know, and I'm, I'm all for it. Like it sucks. I won't be able to work with them again. That's always a bummer. You know, I, I would love to work with some of these writers again. I mean, but you know, I rather see, you know, Tia Hashik, you know, published with the, you know, huge presses and getting paid than working with my ass. You know, I, I mean, I care about my writers. I want to see them successful. Like it's not, a, and there's plenty of writers to go around, you know, I'm, I'm okay with like helping launch somebody's career that they, it goes way bigger. I'm I'm more than happy with that. That's yeah. fine. With well, that. but they should also not forget their roots. And and, and oh yeah, no, I know none of them do. And that's no. my opinion. But anyways, so here's the so here's the thing. We're gonna we gotta talk about music now a little bit because we've gone into the other things, and I don't want to run out of time. For um, so um, and 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 I had so what's your origin story with music? Like how did like what were the first what was the first music that that you really got into? I mean, I, I was into all types. I was into hip hop. I was into grunge. Like I loved both at the same time. You know, I just kind of like found that when I was in grade school and I was like, this stuff's cool. Like this stuff just, you know, like grunge and alt rock was like, this is how I feel. Cause I, you know, I suffered from like depression at a very, very young age. So I was like, this is how I feel. And hip hop was like, this is how I want to feel. Like hip hop was right. like full of all this positive energy, even though, a, a lot of like west coast gangster rap was like just about you know doing drugs and shit but it like it felt happy you know it was really i've learned this as a musician yes lyrics are important but it's how they really make you feel and how the rhythm matches with that melody and how it actually makes you feel where a book you know you each sentence it stands on its own but a melody can overpower any lyric in my opinion in the beat like that's what matters to me how that melody and beat make you feel it really is more important than what even the person's saying and then coming up you said you played rhythm guitar mostly like yeah so yeah. i mean i i found music later music was just like oh i like this and it, and you know and i started like playing in you know shitty bands in high school and you know and all that and and then like well that's not exactly later i think that's <laughs> you're still pretty young yeah i'm but... still pretty young but it was it wasn't like oh i was like eight and i'm like playing music or something like it was oh, like... okay i see what you mean well yeah and then i and i gotta say so the new band right um dionysus effect the dionysus effect dionysus effect okay yeah i'm saying it wrong well, here's the funny thing about it, because i'm a very close-minded person musically i admit that i say it all the time like one of my pet peeves is when people say like I like everything when you say what kind of music you like mm -hmm. that drives me nuts because I'm I like 
pretty much like metal punk and like occasionally i go oh i actually like aha you know or whatever you know so every once in a while or depeche mode or something so i like random things here and there and so one of the funny things about as you've been doing this band and starting this band is i was very happy for you because it seemed like it was doing really good things for you but i just assumed that I wouldn't like it, right? That it wouldn't yeah. be my thing. And so when you put out your first single, I was pleasantly surprised. Oh, thanks, that, man. That I did like it. And partially yeah. because, and it's funny, and I don't mean to pump you up just because I know you're the bass player, but I really liked how driving the bass was in, in the, you know, and I've only heard the single, right? So that's that's all I can go by. But, but what I thought, um, because it's because you guys are kind of playing like an alt rock like yeah, uh, yeah and as close as i get to that kind of thing is like failure or quicksand or something like that yeah failure is cool yeah no failure I, I like you know that's a cool influence i mean yeah it's it's interesting i mean it was just kind of like you know this kind of plays a part i'd say even bring publishing music is different that like publishing, it all comes down to me working with people like you, working with people like Greg Mania or Tia. I'm just, you know, naming, name, like, it's like, I think I actually tweeted this, like a talent I have, maybe I'm talented, maybe I'm not. I don't even give a shit anymore, but I'm definitely talented at working with talented people. And I feel like that I can definitely proclaim. And I met this amazing guitar player when he was a kid. And I was like, this is when I was trying to play a band in New York City. And this was like, this was like nine years ago. And he, he was a kid, like he was a kid. He, he was, he couldn't even drink, you know, in the bars and shit. And I was like, this kid is a guitar prodigy in the making. And um, we tried to have him play lead and it was just, it wasn't the right time. But me and him yeah. were good friends, you know, and I, I would have very supportive of him. We became good friends and then you know, somewhere around life, I switched over to bass. And I was like, you know, I'm kind of feeling music again. I'm liking this new instrument. It gave me a new excitement for music that I felt really burnt out on. And I just started really playing, practicing every day. I was like, okay, I'm going to really embrace this instrument. I was already a singer. Um, and then we met up. I'd, I'd go up to Peak Skills. It's still, I'm living in New Hampshire. And we would jam. And then, like, Somewhere on the lines, like in 2020, you know, with the pandemic, I was like, you know, I'm going to take this serious. I think we have something yeah. here, you know, this, because I just, we met this great, I met this great drummer and I'm like, holy shit, I have a great drummer and a, even better than great guitar player, like just special guitar player. And I, I think I'm a pretty good songwriter. I don't have to be the best musician, but I'm a good songwriter. I'm a good vocalist. I'll work on these kind of driving bass lines and I'll let Sean just be able to like do his thing as a guitar player and, and focus on the rhythm. And it, and it just kind of came together and it was like not ideal timing. Cause I have a bunch of shit going on, you know, I, <laughs> right. Hell, I got a kid now. And it's like, but I was like, you know, this music is, there's something about it. That's really special to me. Like, this is the music I want to hear. Like I listen, I listen to myself when we play, I play basketball at the gym. Like I, and I'll go through album order. You know, I'm very meticulous about it. I'll go through the demos. I'll listen to them. Kind of what I listen to when I work out. Uh, and you know, it was pretty cool. We put out our first single. It's been like I think like eight or nine days. It's been like over. I think we're hitting about two thousand five hundred listens on Spotify, which is like fucking nuts. It's still blowing my mind away. 
Um, yeah, you should be able to get a cup of coffee soon with that. Yeah, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna be able to like. Buy I'm making it. fun of them, not no. I think it's great. You guys are, you know. Oh no, but no, that's a whole other thing. Like that, yeah. Uh, Fix actually is hard. And thank God, because Spotify is totally. I mean, it sucks. Like I'm like barely. Got, it's for, I'm not at that point yet where I care yet about money. But yeah, that that down the road I'm gonna be like, what the fuck? When I hit like a hundred thousand streams and like I I basically can buy you know uh, uh, McDonald's. <laughs> that's going to kind of suck a little bit, but that's a good. Well, point. but I think what you you're obviously doing the music for expression and to, yeah. to to get out there and 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 I'm sure it's like one of those things where you know I liken it to you know I was trying to explain to my wife why it's so important to me that I don't miss pickup basketball games because you know this like if you just go and shoot hoops that's fun but to get into a game you have to be there at the right time to have yeah you know 10 people who are going to play definitely and for me it's like all that energy that i used to express going to hardcore shows being in mosh pits i kind of get playing basketball now yeah no totally and i also feel like that where you have to think on your feet and move real quick and you, you gotta get the rebound and like make sure you make the right pass and you know um, you know, or whatever is involved in basketball, like that increases. I do better writing on weeks when I played pickup games three days. You know, I do better writing, even though I've taken time out of my day to play basketball or whatever. And I think with you, it's probably the same with music that channeling your your mind into playing the songs and playing them perfectly. It's probably sharpening you for the editing, the writing, the oh, for sure. Whatever. I mean, honestly, though, like I feel like music's kind of taken over, and I'm okay yeah. with that. Like right now, like I feel way more like a musician than a writer. And I'm I, at first that was a little weird, but I'm like cool. Like honestly, like publishing is like it's a job now. I mean, I'm really blessed. It's crazy that I can say that out loud and not even think about it, but it, it's a right. job. I'm an editor too. I freelance edit, but you know, it's a job. And I would say like music's kind of my passion right now. Like that's kind of where my heart is. Um, and, and it's cool. I mean, I'm a really lucky person, you know, I, right now I'm barely writing and I'm, I'm kind of okay with that though. I'm okay. Cause yeah. I'm writing songs. Like I'm on, I'm still, You're writing. still writing. Yeah. yeah just, I, like that basically yeah. the writer energy just has gone into music and you know, I'm, I'm like, writing i mean i'm actually writing a lit reactor article i gotta finish but about like promoting music versus uh, writing and I, I like promoting music way more it's it's more fun it's easier i will say but you know i'm doing yeah. lit reactor articles but no I, I you know i'm i'm we have you know we're gonna put out an album and I'm, I'm really excited i hope to eventually you know i mean there's it's weird like it's a passion but there's ambition there you know i i keep the ambition yeah. in check i mean there's nothing i can control but i you know it's like i took a gamble like to keep it real, I took a gamble that I felt with publishing, I felt like there's gotta, you know, that was the thing, that was the big gamble. Like, I think there's going to be a small press with, with solid distribution that, that it's gonna be successful taking risky, but really quality books. And my other gamble now, I guess, is like, I think there will be some type of rock revival, probably kind of 90s, early 2000s area um and i want to play music like that you know that also still feels current you know maybe modern but i think you know i i want to put that out there and see what happens so those are kind of my two big 
thing flags i guess i'm carrying if that makes sense yeah we'll see what yeah. happens you know i mean i mean i'm already like i'm like i mean I, my goal is like to get over a thousand listens and we've doubled that so i don't know you know it's like all right let's see i mean i'll i'll, I'll say this and it was interesting because i thought about the whole um because writers talk about this the term uh oh god uh, imposter syndrome yeah and I, I do hate Spotify, by the way. Shout out to Eve Six. I do think it's an evil corporation, but we got put on this like, and this was like really surreal. We got put on this Spotify list, and it was like a workout list. And my one of my goals was just like, I want to make good rock music people can work out to. I know that sounds not cool, but that was like a real goal I had. And we're on this list, and I'm like, holy shit, this is our like good bands. It's like we're next to like fucking Motorhead and like you right. know white stripes and you know a lot of the current bands and i had like a moment but i was like you know what fuck it why not us you know i was like why not you know like why why should i feel weird about this like i feel good about this song i'm not saying i'm lemmy or some shit but like why not why not be part you know with these artists you've been inspired by so that was an interesting moment where i could have been like oh fuck do we belong here but i just was like you know what fuck it like I'm proud of the song. Cool. We're cool. We're with a bunch of other cool bands. Great. Yeah. Well, and, 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 you know, you're always going to have those moments where you, the imposter syndrome is a thing, but like, yeah, you have to kind of put that aside and for, in the moment of creation, you have to totally believe in the moment of creation. And then outside of that, like, you know, there are times where the, the universe will put you in check if you, if you're not ready but when you're writing, I think you you have to have that confidence. Otherwise, you know. it's a balance. Like there's a weird like I feel good about that. I just with all the things like it's I just feel like I have a healthy, a way healthier mindset. And I feel like that's its own reward. Yeah, I art for a while. Like you, you just approach it healthier. And that that really is its own reward. Like you just it's not about ego. It's more about the craft. Like you're, you're OK with the business side of it. You're not like immature about that either like i think just being balanced and approaching art is probably one of the biggest goals and successes you can have in the whole thing because you trust me i mean after having like highs and lows i mean after it's been kind of crazy just to reflect on all this shit talking to you for this past hour and just thinking about mandy to sandra thinking about other books bombing and, and class and you know i it's i i've had a real roller coaster and and you know it's you just don't know, you know, you, you don't know. All right. Hand. So, so how can people find your band and what's coming next? And, 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 uh, how can people help promote, promote, uh, what you're doing? Yeah, no, I mean, you know, first, uh, with the band stuff, you know, we're just, you can literally Google us, the Dionysus effect. Um, we're on YouTube, we're on Spotify. We are looking, it's looking really good. I have to talk to the guys about it, but I feel 90% sure about this. So it's looking that like Daryl, which is a, is a book I published where I actually wrote a song inspired by Daryl and it's looking good that that will be the second single. Um, yeah. I'm hoping to put that out later this year and the album will be out by probably the end of the summer. So there'll be a full 12 song album the debut of the Dionysus Vex. So yeah, just look on any music streaming services. And of course there's a uh, clashbooks.com. Um, there's a ton of books, including this awesome host right here's book. And yeah. <laughs> right. Well, and um, I know you've got plans through 
most of next year. So you, you guys have got a really great agenda going uh, forward. So I'm stoked. Like I have, like we do things just real quick. We do things in seasons now with consortium and like, I can't say too much about you, but yeah, there's season three. It's, it's pretty damn cool. Like <laughs> Eve six will be part of that. You, something David might feel very good about will be part part of season three. We looking like we might have a you know some other horror books and some great literary not like it's just um, yeah I'm, I'm very excited about that season. Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, you know I I just you know I really appreciate like all the the work that you guys do and I think that um, all the um, the authors feel real appreciative for the for, for the energy that that you guys bring and it's funny the amount of times that um i've been talking to people in the literary world when when they say who are your books published by and i say you know Eraserhead and clash that you know like i've had a lot of real positive reactions to just oh you have a book with clash <laughs> yes i do um and and i think that the reputation is growing for for a reason because you guys um have you know, put out some really amazing things. Um, now, uh, writing wise, I, you know, I think that if you're feeling the energy towards music, that's great. I'd love to see you. I'm, you know, I'm going to fiction. I'm, I want to see what happens with this YA novel. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to do the, I'm honestly like to keep it real. I'm going to wait till like some of the music stuff is done. And this, I hate this, I hate thinking like this, but my brand will be better, you know? Like, oh, it, totally. Yeah. But yeah. And then I'm going to reach out and be like, hey, here's my YA novel. It's good to go. And we'll see what happens. You know, that's kind of it. But I, I'm going to try to get some other stuff done. But right now, it's just, you know, just there's. Well, and you, you never much. know how these other creative outlets just, you know, like I didn't realize how much doing dickheads would, would, you know, just make me a better science fiction writer. You know, like just, I, I, I can't wait for people to, see the influence that that doing it has had on 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 my work you know what i'm saying like because when you spend all this time learning about these things you learn different gears and different functions and, and that's i think too what what's going on with you and the music because i'm sure like um you know because you did music as a teenager but doing music as an adult um and bringing i know what i'm doing with music now which is a nice exactly thing. yeah i didn't have that ever <laughs> i actually like know my craft to some extent so that you know sometimes it's just you know timing it's weird it's like you know like it's so funny in this way like with music i feel like oh man i'm like older now like it would have been so much better if this got rolling sooner but it's like i wouldn't have the craft i have now and like exactly you know, like yeah it's harder like it's gonna be harder to do music now but i'm gonna do it like you know why not yeah well christoph i think this is going to be a really fun interview for people to okay. check out and i because i think you know some people like you know they they know you from your tweets and things but i think to really yeah yeah i think it's good to really get um you know people see like what a fun guest you are hopefully we'll uh we'll get you on some more podcasts but um, and I, you know, I gotta, I, I'm definitely, I'm doing more panels in the next year is one of the things I'm planning to do. So I'll, I will be in touch. Um, but, uh, you know, it's the music it's, um, you know, I'm pretty, I know this sounds really silly thing to say, but I'm actually, you know, pretty proud of you for, Thanks, man. for, for you know, it's like when you hear, 
when you when you see friends or people that that you work with like doing things that that you know I really you you've always been a musician, but to me it seems a little bit out of the comfort zone. Oh, no, it's yeah, it's it, it's and I'm, it's yeah, proud of you. I mean, it's kind of funny. I'll say this. I'll end with this. Like one of my favorite horror writers of all time, uh, Paul Tremblay, like likes my music, and it's like mind blowing. You know what I mean? Like. Right. It's funny, like I would, uh, yeah, it'd be awesome to get a Paul Trimley blurb or whatever, but it actually means way more to me that Paul connected with my music maybe more than he would with my writing. I don't know why that is. Maybe a psychologist could figure it out, but it, it just really meant a lot to me that an artist in another art form can appreciate what I'm doing. Like that actually is so cool to me. So yeah. Well, and a closed-minded music asshole like me too. Like yeah, to, no. Uh, because I honestly, I'm telling you, like, when I put on the song, I was a little nervous. I was like, what am I going to have to say if it sucks? I hope my publisher's band doesn't suck, so I don't have to say anything. <laughs> no, right. I, I figured a lot of people were going to be like, oh, Christoph, he's a fucking publisher. But, you know, it, I'm, I'm a genuine, you know, singer and musician. You know, people get surprised that I can sing and, you know, and, and play. And very specifically, I thought the, the, the uh, bass line in, in the single is great. And so that was one of the things that it was like really comforting for me that I was like, oh, that's awesome. You know, and uh, but yeah, no, it sounds like you're doing great stuff. And, and uh, I'm really looking forward to hearing the full album. Thanks. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll have you back when, when uh, we have a whole album to talk about. That'd be awesome. So. That'd be awesome. All right, Christoph, thank you for joining uh, Postcards right. from the Dying World. And we'll uh, uh, I'll put some uh, links and stuff in the show notes so people can find that stuff directly. And, um, you know, say hi to Lisa and Remy for me. And uh, we'll talk again soon. All right. Thanks, everyone.